Hello and welcome to the break. We've got a special episode for you guys today where we'll give our preview for the Eastern and Western conferences. Now, since 30 teams is a lot to get through in one show, we decided to divide it up into two parts where we'll be giving our takes for the upcoming season on best rookie and MVP candidates, the team with the best chance of moving up in the standings and top contenders to step up to the finalists of last season, the Cavs and the Warriors. Part one today is going to be all about the West. So thanks for listening in today, guys. I'm Megan Engels, and joining me as always to give their take on this season is Phil Boileau and Justin Rowan. Hey, guys, how's it going? Great. I'm doing great. It's beautiful. I'm- Life is good, and I'm about to show Justin some basketball knowledge. So, uh, of course, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, let's just jump right into it then. Let's start with the best in the West and talk MVP candidates. Now, we're just going to look at um, people from the Western Conference, and we'll also talk about upcoming rookies. So, Justin, do you want to start off with the rookies? I I think the clear rookie of the year favorite in in the West, if we're talking just about the Western Conference, is Lonzo Ball. Um, It it was funny watching his first preseason game there, there. It was clear that he was not expecting the NBA to be as fast as it is. Um, But I don't think it's going to be too much of an adjustment for him. Uh, He's going to be terrible defensively like every single rookie that's ever come come into the league. Um, But I I really do think that he's got weapons around him. Brooke Lopez is going to make his life a lot easier. Uh, There is talent on that Lakers roster and and they just rely on they're going to rely on him so much to generate everything of what they do. So I think he's the clear favorite to be the uh, the rookie of the year when you're talking about at West. Yeah, Phil, what do you think? Okay, listen, I think I get what you're saying in terms of minutes and opportunity, uh, but I'm just I, I'm not sold. I'm not I'm not buying stock in this kid. I like I know he's the, supposed to be the next Magic Johnson according to Magic Johnson, but I just don't think he's got the, uh, the lateral quickness or the strength to do it. Like strength will come, but. I still don't believe in it. I think um, when we're talking West, I think Dennis Smith Jr. has an NBA body. They believe in him. He's got some vets to make some shots and to calm him down. And I just think both those guys are going to get quasi-starter minutes. Like, uh, uh, Let's not forget, as much as they love him, they still have guys like Jordan Clarkson who could end up closing games because they believe in him a bit more. I mean, they'll, look, they'll probably be losing more games than the Mavs will. But I think... Um, it's just one of those situations that Lonzo Ball is I, like. I think he's going to get shown up in the first couple of years by physical defenders. And Dennis Smith Jr. I think just because of his, his literal frame and body is going to get past that. I think he's going to have equal numbers. I don't think he'll get as many of a sit as assists, but it wouldn't surprise me to him drop 20 points in his rookie campaign. Right, but the, there's just not the same opportunity there, and opportunity is what people love when it comes to the rookie of the year conversation. Like. Look at Michael Carter-Williams. Uh, was he as effective? No. But because he played a ton, he was uh, the, the choice for Rookie of the Year. It's all about numbers. Nobody that votes on that, or I shouldn't say nobody, but very few people that vote on these things watch every team as closely uh, as you would hope for. Um, so I, I do think if Lonzo puts up the numbers people expect him to put up, he, he's going to get it. Well, if you're talking about opportunity, then would we not want to talk about maybe staying in the West, De'Aaron Fox, considering he's going to get some run, or or is that just George Hill's just biting into him? Because, George Hill. Yeah, 
Yeah, because uh, I'm trying to prove you wrong. Because I, <laughs> uh, I hate when you're right, and let's let, let's just get that out there. Um, I wanted to vote. But you for- just countered yourself. Like you just came with the counter argument, just so naturally I, uh, there I, with George Hill. <laughs> I just don't want to come across as, as as someone who doesn't know what he's talking about. Because obviously I do. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But okay, listen, I'm still uh, 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 saying there. The, the Dallas Mavs are going to have the rookie of the year. I understand why you're saying this, but I just think uh, he's going to prove his worth, and I think the minutes are going to be a toss-up come midseason. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll have to see once the season gets underway. Let's see. It's like when it's off preseason, and basically the cameras and spotlight is on them. We'll just have to wait and find out. But let's switch to the guys with a little bit more experience looking to add to their resume the title of MVP. Uh, Phil, without getting a little bit too crazy, who do you think could possibly take MVP from the w- in the West? So I'm not allowed to pick uh, Jamal Murray. Is what you're saying? <laughs> okay. Well, apart. I'd expect Jokic within out of reason. You. Within like, like I was gonna say Jokic, but I'm like, oh, he's still too good. I need to pick someone who no one's gonna vote for. And, and there's always someone who gets that vote. Um, I think this year there's a lot of look in terms of talent. If it because for me, the MVP award's always kind of silly. It's always like most valuable to your team versus the award the that should exist is the best player in the league. Um, uh, yes, I have a giant chip on my shoulder why LeBron James doesn't have the past like 10 MVPs. But sticking to the West, I think the most talented is probably going to live on the Warriors. But I think just because it's an opportunity thing, I think it's going to be uh, Kawhi Leonard. He's There's not much help going on there. Like I like Rudy Gay's situation, but when we're looking at Rudy Gay and LaMarcus Aldridge compared to, you know, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and uh, either KD or Curry, uh, whichever one you're putting in that conversation. And then you're going, you know, James Harden has Chris Paul. Uh, uh, Paul George says he wants to win it. I know what Westbrook just did, and Carmelo Anthony's going to want his. I think those teams are, are going to be very successful, but I think it'll just be a clear cut. He is the guy who makes like he's the one guy on a team that doesn't have a, a legit super team like a big two or a big three um i'm sorry for all the aldridge lovers out there but he doesn't count so i think uh, Kawhi leonard's finally gonna get his get his this year and i don't even think it's really that close i i mean i think it's going to be tough for Kawhi, especially with him missing the entire preseason and not being healthy uh, if he misses the start of the year, I don't know what happens to the Spurs. And maybe that ends up helping his case, to, to your point, that if they really do struggle with him out, um, then when he comes back and is playing well, then that's going to help build his case. Although in the past, the Spurs haven't struggled at all without Kawhi in the lineup. Um, I, I think it's going to be Kevin Durant. Uh, I think the Warriors are just going to be head and shoulders above everybody. Um, and, and Durant, after getting finals MVP and, and really becoming comfortable with his situation, uh, gaining chemistry with his Warriors teammates. I think he's just going to put up a phenomenal season. And it typically goes to a player on a top two team from the conference unless you have some sort of anomaly like last season with Russell Westbrook where uh, he he did something that only Oscar Robinson had ever done before. Um, So I I do think Kevin Durant is the heavy favorite uh, when you talk about MVP candidates to come out of the West. Well, what do you guys think uh, for MVP? What's the percentage you think actually comes down to the player and comes down to the team that they're on? Like, do you think the team has almost a bigger effect than the actual player themselves? Or what do you, I do. Where do you think that fits in? I do. I mean, look at Derrick Rose uh, with the Bulls when he won MVP. Um, maybe a little more of their success should have been attributed 
Tom Thibodeau, but because the Bulls got the number one seed and they were seen as overachievers, uh, that's why then the MVP voters turned to see, okay, well, who's leading that charge? Um, and and I, it's almost always comes down to, to the team around them. Uh, last season, whether or not it was fair, uh, the Thunder, uh, the perceived lack of support the Thunder had, uh, at least on the offensive end, really bolstered Russell Westbrook's case. Um, it, it really does come down to the team and, and how successful the team is in comparison to expectations. Yeah, Phil, what do you think? Same thing? Well, I'm, I totally agree with you, and I think that's why it's, like, unless, like you said, he misses games, I think Kawhi is just the shoe in I mean, he has way less help than the other guys. Uh, yeah, so- but is, uh, where, where are the Spurs going to finish, though? You know they don't prioritize regular season winning. Uh, well, they, could they realist- say that, but they win 60 games every year, it seems. Right. right, but they we've still seen them fall to the four seed before. Like, let's let's not act like that's never happened before. Um, I, I think there's a realistic chance um, that Golden State, Houston are above them, and then when you get beyond that, it depends how much time Kawhi misses, um, how much the Spurs really want to push themselves in the regular season, um, and how well Minnesota and Denver teams like that OKC gel. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could potentially pass them if they stumble even just a little bit. And if that occurs, then there's no chance that Kawhi is going to get it because he's not going to put up the same offensive counting stats that Kevin Durant or LeBron James or uh, James Harden are going to put up. It's in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year every year, right? uh, Right, but... count on some level. It it should, but have voters ever historically gone that way? No, no, uh, no, you're right there. But hey, I, I'm actually just wanted to toss this out to you because I was just thinking of it when you're having your Kevin Durant argument. Let's just say KD does win the MVP and like everyone thinks the Warriors win another ring. Is that the turning point where people start switching from best player in the league has gone from LeBron to KD? Um, it, It's certainly possible. I mean, it depends what LeBron does, right? Like, uh, I think Kevin Durant was a better player than LeBron James in 2014. Um, and I, until he got hurt in 2015, uh, I think you could still make that case that Durant was the better player um, during the regular season. Uh, LeBron can't do it over 82 games anymore. Uh, but somehow Le- LeBron actually got better after that point. But at some point, yes, I mean, that that's going to occur. And I think right now, Kevin Durant can do things over an 82-game season and playoffs at a level that LeBron can't. Um, Does that necessarily mean that he's going to get MVP over LeBron? Uh, Again, I guess that's a conversation for the East, but um, I I don't know if they're at that point yet. Yeah, Yeah, well, okay. Let's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we could uh, go back and forth, I think, with a couple of these things all day. But let's move on. Let's look at sort of bigger picture and back to the entire teams. Who do you guys think is going to surprise us or maybe not surprise us this te- this season uh, by moving up in the Western Conference standings? Hey, you want to go first, buddy? No, nah, you can go for it. <laughs> um, the surprise team? Um, I've gone over a few teams in my mind. Um, I'm going to have to swing for the fence and be ridiculous and say the Pelicans, just because I think everyone's caught them, like been voting them kind of out of the playoffs already. Um, And with two of the best players in the league, I think it's a make or break season for Boogie. He's in a, he's in a contract year. Um, I think that's one of those teams because for me, it's like, like when you're saying who's going to get better, 
And then when you're putting in expectation, that's a whole nother different thing. Like, look, are the Thunder probably going to be better? For sure. Are the Wolves probably going to be better? You don't land a top 15 player and not get better, especially having a coach that he jives with. But for me, having like, it's just kind of like one of those, those buy low situations. You know, like, I don't think anyone's hedging their bets on the Pelicans. And I like Boogie and I like Brow. Look, the team can't shoot, but they can play defense. Justin, what do you think? I think the team that's um, going to exceed expectations is the Trailblazers. Um, I think they'll probably still end up in the eighth seed where they were last season. But the fact that they're going to hold on to that seeding um, is really reflective of a lot of improvement because you look at the teams below them that have passed them with offseason moves. You got uh, the Timberwolves, the Nuggets, uh, or Phil's high on the Pelicans. I'm not necessarily there. Um, but there's a lot of teams that could potentially pass them. And when you look at the Blazers last season, um, they just really weren't that good for the bulk of the year and just kind of had one hot streak that allowed them to squeak in. Um, so I, I do think that they're going to be an improved roster. And I think um, by maintaining their seeding is going to be them exceeding expectations, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now, alternative, who do you guys think is going to be the worst this season? Pelicans. That's going to fall <laughs> apart. <laughs> so it's absolutely going to fall apart. So if we're saying a team that's going to fall... I mean, I think I'd put Utah over the Pelicans. I don't think Utah is scoring enough points this year. But does anyone have expectations of Utah? I've seen people put them in the playoffs in a bunch of mock drafts. So, I mean, if we're talking them in the playoffs, I think, as you said, I think Portland jumps them, I think... You know, Minnesota jumps them, OKC, um, yeah, it was 4-5 or five anyways last year, it's not a big deal, but um, I think a team that blows expectations is, I just gotta say the Rockets, I think people are just drinking the juice too much. I, like, I don't think they're a number two seed in the, in, in the West, I think you have to put, in my mind, San Antonio there, and there's too many teams that, while they're talented, there, there's fit issues. I mean, I, I love Jimmy Butler in, in Minnesota, but I haven't seen them do it. I love, uh, you know, Carmelo and Paul George in, o- in OKC. But come back, come back, come back to the Rockets, though. Like, what, what makes you think that that's not going to work? The ball's in someone else's hands now, and I thought right. Well, but I- you're talking about two of the assist leaders and two of the most willing passers in, in the league last season playing together. For sure, but I just think throughout James Harden's career, when we've looked at him and said he is one of the best players on the floor, he was a point guard both times. Right, like, like in OKC when he was running that offense late in games, you know, we, uh, we were like, this is how we want to see this offense run. I mean, that's a totally, you know, separate tangent to team dynamic and roster. But and then when we saw him in Houston, that was just a perfect fit. Look, I right, think- but he came in second in MVP playing as shooting guard as well. Like, I, I think that they can both take turns initiating the offense, and, and even look how successful the Cavs were offensively with LeBron and Kyrie both dominating the ball to a large extent. Um, you don't have other high usage players around Harden and Paul, and you got shooters, you got pick and roll guys, and you got an offensive genius coaching them in Mike D'Antoni. Like I, I just, I just think there's too much basketball IQ there for them to fail in the regular season. Come playoffs, that might be a totally different story, but I think that's a team that's built for regular season success. All right, well, uh, we'll agree to disagree. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, Houston Rockets are my team to not be as lofty. Obviously, still make the playoffs. Obviously, it's still a good team. And I hope I'm wrong because it'll be, it'll be fun as hell if that actually does work. But 
uh, egos matter in the in the NBA, and there's a lot of ego shuffling happening in this offseason. I just trust teams that haven't had to do that. Well, we'll get to some final thoughts, and we'll start by looking back to last year's finals. So who do we think has a shot at maybe possibly kind of taking the Warriors spot in the finals this year? Justin, do you want to start that? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeesh. Um, I will say the only team... I mean, no team has a, a realistic chance. Um, but the the Timberwolves are, are interesting to me because... What they have is someone in Carl Anthony Towns that uh, the Warriors can't defend. There's only a few bigs uh, in the league where they struggle against. Anthony Davis being one, and Carl Anthony Towns is another one that comes to mind. Um, Jimmy Butler obviously is a great player. Um, so the matchup issues that Carl Anthony Towns creates is gives them a, a bit of a puncher's chance to some extent. Now, they're, they're going to need Andrew Wiggins to learn how to play defense and play team basketball as well as stay engaged with other high-usage players around him instead of being the number one option. We'll need Jeff Teague to play well. I, I don't like their bench. And if we're putting a percentage on this, it, we're, we're talking about less than 2% chance here <laughs> of an actual upset. Um, but if there was a team that I could identify, um, I mean, the Pelicans would be in that conversation if I thought they could make if they were going to be a natural playoff team. Um, but I, I just don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, I mean, I can totally see where you're coming from. Uh, that stat about, you know, Carl Anthony Towns being one of the most successful players against that defense is true. And I think, you know, as I've said for a while, I think beating the Warriors is all about getting their stars, especially their big in, in foul trouble. You know, that like that team when Draymond's sitting on the bench or playing tentative is a way different team. And if you Draymond's can, the most important player on that team in so many ways. 100%. And, you know, if you're if you're playing big like that, you can still force guys like KD to, you know, j just keep them honest and keep them playing, playing defense. And, and, and they've got a solid five. I mean, Jeff Teague, I don't think is the worst there. But just to be different, I'm going to go with the team I think has a little bit more high end star power this year. And I'm picking OKC. I just think as much as <laughs> as, as I sleep on and hate on Melo, as long as I've known him, um, I think this is the year he just figures it out and realizes his role and just plays well. Look, I'm a huge Paul George fan, and Russ Westbrook, I love him or hate him, can really ball out and can become one of the most unstoppable players. And at the end of the day, yeah, it's team defense, and yeah, uh, the, the Warriors are fantastic at it, but when you get guys like Melo, Paul George, and Russ, for the first time in their careers, they're going to see Max a double team. You're, you're going to have a lot of guys with a lot of open shots. I think Steven Adams... I, I think this is a year where he proves a bit of his money. Um, he's got great hands. He's athletic. I think he gets a whole lot of just easy passes, you know, pick and rolls, pick, uh, not really pick and pops, that's the rest of the team, but you can see a pick and pop with Melo and Russ um, and just getting them into foul trouble. It's a very physical team that likes to attack the rim. And I think whenever you can do that and score from multiple positions, um, that's going to have success. Andre Robertson's one of the best defenders on the league, and yes, he can hit free throws, but if he's really in that spot, you could slide Paul George down, start Patrick Patterson, you'd be huge. And like Justin, listen, I'm expecting the Warriors to win, no doubt, but I'll, I'll give it like a 20% shot just because I think uh, Russell Westbrook's that motivated to make this happen. There's a lot of guys with chips on their shoulder, and, and like we'll get into on our other show with Cleveland, I like guys who have chips on their shoulder, and this team's full of them, and there's still a lot of talent. 
Yeah, I think it's pretty much another year where the Warriors are probably pretty locked into that final spot. But that'll about be it for us, and that's pretty, that's a pretty good spot to end. So thank you guys for joining me today, and thank you guys for tuning in. And make sure you guys catch up with us next time for the second part of our two-part series where we'll focus on our predictions for the East Coast. Make sure you guys don't forget to check us out on PressBasketball.com to follow us for all of our original content, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Press Basketball. So thank you guys again for joining us and we'll catch you for part two.